0: How many of you guys feel like Greg when it comes to prayer? <laughs> a few of you, a few of us here. Um, man, so prayer is one of those things so many people can feel um inadequate when it comes to prayer. Uh especially if you know you go to church on Christmas and Easter, and then it's like at Easter dinner where you're asked to pray out loud. It can be kind of it can kind of be a scary thing. Um uh, I know Christians who've been Christians for a long time, and prayer still freaks them out. They still feel like Greg. Uh, they're like, well, I can pray in my head and my mind, but I won't even, I don't want to pray out loud. How many of you guys love praying out loud? Just like it's your favorite. How many of you guys get a little freaked out about it? Wow. Okay. So I need the people who rose their hand first. You hang out with one of those people and they will show you, or they'll put you in a really awkward position and be like, hey, you want to pray for lunch here at Subway right now? And you're like, but we're just standing in line. No. Um, one of the common some common things said about prayer are, are this it's frustrating it can be awkward i get i feel confused i don't understand how it works i want to get better at it um but i don't know too many people that feel like they're like i'm a master of prayer i not too many people have told me that in there that i know and i know a lot of pastors there's one who told me he's a master of prayer and it's not true but, uh, no. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but, man, I'll tell you this. I was praying a lot this morning. Um, cause I actually wasn't supposed to be preaching this morning. And, uh, Pastor Scott had a killer sermon. He's all ready. We went over it this week. I was like, this is gonna be great. And then he had to get sick on me. About 7.30 this morning, I found out, like, I needed to, to preach. So I prayed a lot. And, um, that's basically all I wanted to say to you guys. Show you that video and we'll keep worshiping. <laughs> um, so I'm going to give you what I got, and um, I'm going to hope, hope that this is uh, helpful and that this can um, lead you forward in your prayer life. Our goal in this series is really having 21 days of prayer to look, grow in our prayer life, to turn up the temperature so that we can uh, be um, people of prayer. And um, I want to I get real practical here first, and then I want to give you guys three prayer stories from the Bible that I think can really transform our prayer life. And this is for people who might not be people who ever pray. This might this is for people who might not even consider, consider themselves Christians. See, I can't even speak right now because I'm speaking so quick and I wasn't supposed to be preaching today and I'm freaking out. No, um, and this is for someone who's been praying their whole life. Um, so the first thing about prayer is to keep it simple. Keep it simple um sometimes you'll see people who you know they they have like those fancy prayers on their walls uh when they pray they can just pray super long god is not impressed by long prayers if you can pray long that's great if you've got if you're really really good with fancy words that no one understands when you pray but god does that's great but if you're a little bit more normal like me and you're like man i just i don't i don't have amazing command of the of the english language and I don't know exactly what to say. Keep it simple. The beautiful thing that you have to know about prayer is that God wants to hear you pray. God is a loving father who wants to hear your prayers. He he loves you. It's like a father wanted to hear his kid talk. I don't care if Wes can barely my little son who's five months old, like if he can barely talk and he's just like yelling and he just gestures at things, mainly food. Um I just love hearing his voice, and I love hearing my daughter's voice, who's now almost five. She's going to be five this next week. It's amazing, and she's just grown, and she just talks a mile a minute. She's just like this little girl. She's always got something to say, so verbal, and I just love listening to her talk. It means I don't have to, and I can just listen, God is like that. He wants to hear you speak. It doesn't matter how fancy or how great. He loves to hear your heart, and sometimes I think we can think about prayer as a technique or a skill. And, we, and I get the thing that gets lost is like, like, God just wants to have a great relationship with you. Maybe that's like the one thing you need to take away from this today is that God loves to hear from you and he wants to hear from you. So keep prayer simple. Have a plan to talk with God. As I've been studying the scriptures for our next series, um, this last week I was studying and getting prepared for this uh, faith series we're going into. We're, and I want to see our church grow in faith trusting God believing in God big for things. And one of the patterns I saw was these ordinary regular people like you and me. God moved in a mighty way through. But most of them like they didn't have it figured out, very normal, not like, you know, like incredibly intelligent. Like they would make dumb decisions. But one of the things that I saw as a pattern in many of the ones that God moved in was that they had a, a set time of prayer. A set time where they were, they were saying, okay, I'm gonna give this to you, God. Even people who didn't fully know God yet were saying, well, if I'm gonna to get to know Him, I'm gonna take time to pray and try to get to know Him. So they would set this time aside to pray, to communicate, to talk with God, to listen to Him. To speak to him. and I want to encourage you guys. If it's only three minutes of your day, or if you're like a super amazing prayer and you pray to an hour a day, I don't know your prayer habits. If if you just barely pray, or have a ton of prayer, or no prayer, start setting aside time to pray. Maybe it's in the morning. Maybe you like you like you wake up and you wake up like this, like my wife, just happy. My daughter, happy. Or maybe you wake up like me and you're just like, ugh. You look out and there's the light. And that's the sign to put the pillow over your head. Um, And and maybe praying at night is a better thing for you because that's when you become fully human. You're not a Christian until about 9 o'clock, maybe. I don't know your story. But set some time and do it. Maybe How many of you guys commute? Trains, planes, automobiles, you guys, commuters. Okay, if you're a commuter, man, put some music on or put your earbuds, well, if you're driving, don't put your earbuds in. But if you're on the train, put your earbuds in and, and, and have a, a quiet time of prayer. I mean, if you want to pray out loud on the, on the train, you can do that. Dear Lord, would you bless these other commuters? You know, everyone's looking at you. Maybe that's the way you share your faith. I don't know. Maybe you can just pray quietly to yourself, but begin to have a set time that you say, Lord, I'm gonna, I'm gonna set some time to speak to you and I want to hear from you. And it was in these times that that it was so interesting that when people would prioritize God, it wasn't all the time, but but during those times of prayer, there'd be this moment where God would speak to them, like there'd be an ability for them to respond to him. And if they hadn't taken that time, they would have missed it. I don't want to miss those moments that God has to speak to me. I'm pretty sure you probably don't either. So, so try doing that. Here's the last piece. I've got two more minutes to talk about this and we'll jump into the sermon proper. But I want to make sure we know how to pray. How do we start? So, uh, I have a real simple, simple pattern that I, I use. I write it down in a journal or I have it memorized. It's really easy. And here's the steps. I praise God. I praise Him. And when I'm praising him, I'm thanking him, I'm reminding myself how great God is. And we live in a world that wants to shrink God, like shrink him to like this, this tiny little God that, that's just like the genie in the bottle. He's the vending machine in the sky that just answers like everything uh, that we want. And then we can set him to the side, put him back in the bottle when we want. Does that make sense? Like we just—I want God to be my personal miracle uh, worker. That's all. I don't want Him for direction in my life. I don't want Him to to have plans for me. I got plans for myself. I'm gonna keep them over here. And so they shrink God. And we have a world that shrinks Him. We can shrink Him to this God that's kind of like the absentee father who's not really there and doesn't really care. And and when we when we shrink God to that size, we're not we're not gonna ask the absentee father for big things in our life. Because why, if he doesn't care about me, why should I care about him? Do you follow? Sometimes we have this idea that, that God is, um, I don't know, he's huge and busy and he's got all these things. He doesn't have time for us. So I don't, I'm don't. i not going to give him, I'm not going to pray small prayers or things that I need to him. I'm not going to open up. So we have the tendency in our culture to shrink God When when I start prayer, I start with praising Him because it reminds me that God isn't the small little caricature that the world wants to make Him out to be. He is the creator of the heavens and earth. He is the source of all love and life. The whole whole reason that I can experience and speak and think is because of His creative power at work in the world. He's a redeeming God. He's a forgiving God. He's a God of the future. He creates in us an ability to, to have creativity ourselves. And when I start praying, Praising him for how wonderful he is and thank him for how wonderful he is. It reminds me that I can ask for big things and I can expect God to move in the world. Do you see how that changes things? So I start with praise. Then I go to repentance. Repentance is just confession. Lord, I failed over here. And man, when I said this or I did this, I was just totally wrong. Lord, would you forgive me? And I kind of get my heart clean before him. Repentance is is so uh, important, but it's so simple. And you just, that's all you have to do. Lord, I'm so sorry. You know? And I know people that are coming to Jesus. They're coming to start to believe in him. And you can start asking for forgiveness. You can start talking to him. And then the, the, the next step for me is asking. I just ask, God, after I've reminded myself how amazing and big God is and I've gotten my heart uh, clean through repentance, I ask, God, Lord, would you help this person? Would you heal this person? Would you move in this way? Lord, Would you? Uh, you can pray for other people on behalf of them or you can pray for yourself. You can ask God for anything. Just start asking him. He can handle it. If it's silly, he doesn't care. I don't get mad when my daughter asks for silly things. I love hearing her. And you know, sometimes what, what might be silly actually might be a big deal. And God wants to answer those things. And it doesn't mean God's gonna answer it immediately or it might answer it in the way you want. It might be like, no, you need to wait for that. No, you need to, you need to, um, you need to be patient with this. I was talking with Pastor Scott. He was gonna talk about this a little bit and I think it's worth saying. Like, how long would you be willing to wait? for something if you knew that god was going to answer it if you knew god was going to answer your prayer would you be willing to wait six months would you be willing to ask then if you knew god was going to answer prayer to like help or transform someone's life that you love or maybe your life would you be willing to wait a year two years if you knew that your prayer wouldn't be answered in four years would you still be willing to pray for it and ask god to move that way if you knew that by asking and asking, he was going to answer. Maybe 15 years. If there's someone in your life that you're like, God, it would take a miracle for you to cha- change their life. Maybe it would take 15 years of your hard prayer. That doesn't mean it's your work, but there's something about this prayer life that we have that moves the hand of God. And I think that we forget, because like, we're in this like now and immediate culture, sometimes like, we need to wait on God, but still pray you with me all right last piece uh, to this to keep it simple is uh yield or say yes to god after i pray after i ask after i confess and repent and after i praise him i am listening i'm saying god what do you want me to do and then when he when it becomes clear that he wants me to step out in faith over here or maybe ask for forgiveness over here or to to um to, to have a word of encouragement with somebody or to confront something that i don't want to confront I come up with a plan to say, yes, God, I yield to him. And that's a simple prayer formula. And I would encourage you to do that. If you do that, all those words, praise, repent, ask, yield, they spell pray. It makes it really easy to remember. Now let's jump into the story, shall we? All right, you guys ready? This first story is an Acts. I love this. And I want us to, to learn this principle. Um, and again, you're going to have to forgive me. I might not uh, be as sharp as maybe I normally would be. Who knows? You'll, you, can, you can tell me later. Um, so have some grace with me um, since I found out at 7.30 I'm preaching um, but one thing I think is really really important about prayer is to pray with expectation when you pray to pray with expectation that God will move in Acts 12 starting verse 1 it says this about that time King Herod violently attacked some who belonged to the church the church went under persecution Herod was uh, the king he was in charge and he executed James John's brother with the sword the church was seeing martyrs um, uh, happen. They were seeing uh, bloodshed and violence against them. Verse 3, it says, When he saw that it pleased the Jews uh, to do these murders of Christians, he proceeded to arrest Peter, too. Peter was uh, the great apostle, great leader in the church. During the festival of unleavened bread, he was arrested. After the arrest, he put him in prison and assigned four squads of four soldiers, each to guard him, intending to bring him out to the people after the Passover. And so Peter was kept in prison, but the church was praying fervently to God for him and his rescue. What's the church doing while Peter's arrested? They're praying. They're not like out in protest or out in violence immediately. That's not their first response. Their response is to pray and ask God to move. Verse 6, it says, When Herod was about to bring him out for trial, that very night Peter bound with two chains was sleeping between two soldiers while the sentries in front of the door guarded the prison. Uh, It's trying to make the point that like Herod really didn't want Peter to escape, was a little worried about the Christians maybe trying to to break him from jail. And so they put layer upon layer upon layer so it was impossible to break Peter out. There's no way he's getting out of prison, out of jail. In verse seven it says, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared. Herod didn't plan on that, did he? (laughs) And a light shone in the cell striking Peter on the side. He woke him up. Hey, wake up. Like an angel just slapping you to awake. Like, imagine that. It's not like this gentle, soft singing voice, you know, waking you up. It's just wham, get up. <laughs> to the leader of the church. He woke him up. Quick, get up, he said. And the chains fell off his wrists. Get dressed, the angel told him. You're disgusting. Get your clothes on. Put on your sandals. He did. Wrap, wrap your cloak around you, he told him. And follow me. And so we went out and followed. Now, really quickly, this is kind of nerding out. Normally I have to filter these things before I preach because I have time to filter these things. But I'm just like blasting you guys with stuff. So this might, this is, I think this is so cool. In that, in the story as he's being freed from prison, it's all the same language from the Exodus story. So some, some of you guys were with us when we did Leave It in Egypt or The Journey and it's how God freed his people from Egypt and he, and he began bringing them to the promised land. It's the same language. Like, hey, get ready. Be, be ready. Put your sandals on. Be ready to leave Egypt. And it's at night. And the language of, and the angel of Yahweh led them the, uh, out of Egypt. It's the same God, it's saying, that led uh, the Israel, God's people, out of Egypt, out of slavery. It's the same God that's leading Peter out of the cell. Pretty cool, right? Might be useless information, but I think it's kind of cool. Let's keep moving here. So he follows the angel. He went out and followed, and he did not know that what the angel did was really happening. <laughs> but he thought that he was seeing a vision. You ever woken up and you're just like, Is this real? And Peter's like, he's got layer upon layer of of impossibility for his escape. You know, he wants to be free. He's probably prayed for freedom, but he's like, I'm not getting out of here. And then this dream hits him where he's, an angel is, wakes him up by slapping him in the face. That can't be real. Says to get his clothes on, get his cloak on, get his sandals on, follow him. And it's like, you know, if I, if I can't be freed in reality, I'll at least be freed in my dream. So he just starts following the angel thinking that he's dreaming. That's so funny. He he thought he was in a vision. Verse 10. After they passed uh, the first and second guards, they came to the iron gate that leads into the city, and which opened to them by itself. This iron gate that no one can open. It's the protection for the city. No one's getting through It's opened by the hand of God. And they went outside and passed one street, and suddenly the angel left him. Now, get this. When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent this angel and rescued me from Herod's grasp. And from all the Jewish people, uh, all that they expected. As soon as he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where many had assembled and were praying. What are they praying about? Praying for his freedom, right? They're praying for Peter. So he's all of a sudden realized this is not a dream. God has actually freed me. He's answering prayer right now. And so he goes to his friends who are praying for him and says he knocked on the door of the outer gate and a servant named Rhoda came to answer. I love that the Bible like is so real. It it, 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 like tells you the real names of real characters. This gal named Rhoda, great name, right? Rhoda, beautiful name, came to answer him and she recognized Peter's voice and because of her joy did not open the gate but ran in and announced that Peter was standing out outside the gate. I mean, you guys getting the picture here? This is hilarious. Like as Luke's writing this, he's like, I, I can't make this stuff up. You know, he's like, this is just so funny. Um, and their response is even greater. The church, the people huddled praying for Peter to be released, say, you're out of your mind, they told her. But she kept insisting that it was true. I heard his voice. It's, and they said, it's an angel. You know, you're not really in your right mind right now, Rhoda. We know it's, stress, it's a stressful time. Um, it was an angel <laughs> that you saw. Um, why don't you go rest and sit back down? um peter however kept knocking (laughs) he's outside waiting to get let in and when they opened the door and saw him they were amazed motioning to them with his hands to be silent he described to them how the lord had brought him out slapped him in the face had him get his clothes on and he thought it was a dream the whole time and he says tell these things to james and the brothers to the, to, the, to the church that's, per, that's under persecution, to the church that's praying for me, to the church that's worried for me, and a church that's worried for themselves. Let them know that the hand of God is moving. And he left them and went to another place. To, to understand, I think, the full power of this, I need a little help. Can I get a look, just a few volunteers to help me with this, and then we'll, we'll move to the other stories. Um, can I ask you guys to be part of this? Alright, I need you guys. You guys are going to be the church. Okay? So the church, if you guys would stand up. And they kind of were praying. So I'll have you guys huddle up. You don't have to like look at their eyes, you know, peering at you, judging you. You guys can just huddle. This is great. Would you mind coming? Yeah, this is great. This is, this is sweet. You guys look like a nice family. So huddle like in a circle. Does that sound cool? This, they're praying. This is the church. I need a, I need a Peter. Strapping Peter. Oh yeah. Trumper player. You're getting voluntold. Are you willing to come up? Alright. If you're willing, if you're willing, I'll take you. All right. And Peter, I'm sure he had, you know, he was nearsighted or something like that, too. He needed some glasses. <laughs> there, there you go. So this is Peter right here. You stand right here. And then I need a Rhoda. Is there anybody who'd be willing to be a Rhoda? Rhoda? Come on, a guy. It's a gal. We need a, a great gal. I'm not going to make you. Oh, she looks terrified. All right, Rhoda, give her a hand. We got a Rhoda. Guys, give her a hand. Thank you for being Rhoda. All right. So I just want to make sure we're getting this because there's a, a, a huge spiritual principle underneath this so peter comes released from prison he's got a whole church praying from that spread throughout the city and 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 there's a group of them praying at john mark's house and he goes to john mark his buddy because he has been released and so he knocks on the door boom 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 rhoda wonderful rhoda comes running up and she doesn't even open the door she's like who is it and he says peter peter she didn't even open the door she knows peter's voice so she gets so filled with joy she runs back to the church and what are these people doing praying. who are they praying for who, who are they praying for peter. they're praying for peter i just want to make sure that's really clear so you t- can you tell them who, who did you see i just saw peter they saw peter He's outside the door. Their response is, "It
1: must be an angel."
0: angel. <laughs> it must be an angel. You out of your mind? Go sit down, Rhoda. She's trying to convince them, and she finally, finally gets them to come see, come see Peter. So they come see. They finally open the store, right? And here he is. Happy reunion, All right? You can say, "Yay, everybody!" Yay. Okay. All right. Now go back to your your positions, if you guys would go. And I want I want you guys to see this. This is so important. I know this might sound or seem silly. But I don't want us to to miss this. A few things. One, um, the iron door to the city that no one could get into was opened easily by the hand of God. But Peter can't get into or get past the gate to his own friends. Do you see the irony of this story? Now, here's the other thing. Um, They're praying that God's hand would move. But do they expect Peter to show up? Okay, here's the, here's the principle. Sometimes um, we don't believe because we don't expect. Sometimes in our prayers, we might be huddled in our homes, huddled in our church. We might be praying for God to move and to change and to free and to do some things. But when God actually moves, we don't believe it because we weren't expecting God to move. And God's still gracious. I mean, Rhoda's still at the center of this, helping them realize that, no, I did hear his voice and she finally gets them together and, and good things happen. But how many times have we begun praying or been praying for something and and our Peter, our answered prayer is just outside the door and we're not even looking for it. Can I get an amen? You guys get me? We need to be people, if we're going to be people of prayer, We have to learn to be people that are expecting God to move. Let's give these guys a hand. Thank you guys for coming up. Thank you very much. Um, The actors did a great job. How many of us struggle expecting big things from God? And so it has reduced our faith. It has made our, our prayers smaller. It has made our, our expectations of God smaller. What I want to encourage you today in your prayer life, and I you know, I didn't know I was going to be preaching this to you until today, but I know that I've been wanting to preach this for a while. Are you willing to raise your expectation on God? No, 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 George. I, I, I would, but I don't want it to not happen. I'm scared it's not going to happen. Um, and if it doesn't happen, it'll disappoint me. No, 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 George. I don't want God to look bad if he doesn't answer my prayer. You know, we'll, we'll start like rationalizing the expectations that we have on God. Friends, God wants us to ask him to move. And he can reserve the right to say no. He can reserve the right to say not yet, later. He can also say yes. And sometimes we're not looking for the answer to prayer when we're praying. So what does that say about our faith? Let's raise the level of our faith and begin expecting and looking for Peter outside the door, listening for the voice, listening for God's um, movement, looking for his hand at work in the world. Um, The other thing I wanted to bring up uh, is Peter says, now go share this with the, the church. Go share this with the disciples. Go share this with people. If you have had answered prayer in your life, I don't know why it is, but so many times we keep that to ourselves. Once, maybe we haven't been looking for it because Peter's outside the gate and we're still praying. We haven't noticed it. We haven't had Rhoda come and shake us out of our, our prayer time to go actually look and see what God has done. And maybe that's what you need to do is start looking for God's answered prayers and the blessings of god that are standing right there and see them and recognize them but don't just like hold it with you know within your select little group or in your life and Be like wow that was amazing i'm going to put it on the shelf and never speak of it again no like god answers prayer but he wants us to share that with other people because our answered prayer is often other people's answered prayer so if you have you can look back at your life and you can say one time god answered your prayer i'm willing to bet there's more Maybe we just haven't seen them properly. I look at my life, I can see so much answered prayer. So maybe maybe we need to share that with each other. I'm going to challenge you this week. Would you share one answered prayer in your life with somebody that you love? Or somebody that needs to hear it? Just one person. All right, let's go to the second story. We've got to keep cruising here. Is that last story kind of cool? I love that story. It's, isn't that the church? We're all praying, we're ready, and then... We're not looking sometimes for what God's doing. We're not expecting it. Right. second thing, uh, the second story, um, is about boldness. I want us to learn to pray with boldness. In Acts 4, this is about the church again, and there's been some of the leaders have been imprisoned and then they get freed and, and the church is is ecstatic about it they're so thankful in verse 23 it says after they were released they went to their own people and reported everything the chief priests and the elders had said to them and when they heard this they raised their voices together to god this is the church and they said master you are the one who made the heaven and the earth they're praising god in this prayer you made the heavens you made the earth and the sea and everything in it you're the creator Verse 25, you said, through the Holy Spirit, by the mouth of our father David, your servant, this is in the Old Testament, um, from King David. They, they're they praying this Old Testament prayer. And they say this, why do the Gentiles rage and the people plot futile things? What they're saying, Gentiles are anybody who doesn't believe in God. Why do people who don't believe in you uh, rage? Why do they resist your work? And why do people's plot futile things? Why do all the people in control try to control everything in vain? Why are they trying to resist you, God, and try to like become God themselves? And all the people in power and all the Gentiles and all these nations are, are trying to protect power that's not even really theirs. They're trying to resist you rather than receive and be receptive to you. And then it goes on to say in verse 26, the kings of the earth take their stand against uh, the rulers and assemble... Uh, together against the lord and against his messiah they're saying the pattern of the world is to resist god and and to push uh, push his church and push his movement down and push it away and they're experiencing a lot of of uh, persecution and there's martyrs people are dying for their faith and and they're remembering this ancient verse from david that says man this is the pattern the the world resists god you guys know that's true. They're acknowledging it in their prayer. And they go on to say this, For in fact, in this city, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, assembled together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, to do whatever your hand and your will predestined to take place. And now the Lord considered their threats and grant that your, your servant may speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand for healing and signs and wonders as they're performed in in the name of your holy servant Jesus so what they're what they're saying what they're praying for is like is this they're saying god we live in a world that's against you and it's resisting you and we are just these little players and insignificant people but your hand is miraculously saving despite their planning and they're scheming you're you are flipping their evil and turning it to good you are turning uh evils plans and schemes into your plans and you're giving not hate back to the world you're giving love and you're converting all this rage and wrath and hurt and pain and brokenness and you're turning it into healing and freedom and grace and, it, and, it, and you are giving the, your enemies the opportunity, opportunity to be your friend, to be your family. God, you're amazing, and we get to be a part of this. Would you use your, your servants to proclaim the good news that no matter how big the bad person is, no matter how strong the government is that might be persecuting the church, no matter how um, controlling the people in control seem to be, you are the one who's really got the power. So would you instill us with courage? Would you help us be bold? In the end of this, in verse 31, it says, When they had prayed, the place that they were assembled was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God boldly. Boldly. How bold are you in your prayers? Do you know what boldness is? It's good old-fashioned courage. And they're saying, God, because you're moving, because you're the powerful one, because you're turning all this evil for good, help us to have courage because you're with us you're with us help us to have big expectations help us to be bold in our prayers help us to be bold in our faith when we share with people when we love people to put ourselves out there again and again and again even when we're disappointed even when it seems like the world's gonna win and evil's won and everything we believed in is done because we know this when the world thought that they were winning by putting jesus on the cross god turned that into his victory And what the world meant for evil, it was turned to good. And so we want to proclaim that Jesus. We want to trust our lives with that Jesus. Lord, give us boldness. How many of you guys want to pray with some boldness? Want to pray with some courage? Like New Testament courage. These people had nothing. They didn't have the buildings we have. They didn't have the resources that the church has nowadays. I mean, they were praying... And asking God to move on a hope wing and a prayer. And they ignited something that has not been stopped. No nation has outlasted the church. No person, no ruler, no movement has outlasted God's church. And it won't. Because this is God's people. So have faith and be bold in your prayers. Amen? A friend called me um, this week. And he asked me for a bold prayer. He called me and he said, Hey, um, George, you know a bit of my story. You know that I lost my use of my legs when I was younger. And then God miraculously gave me like the first hip replacement. Um, It was experimental at the time and I got it and I could walk again. After his hip replacement, a government official walked in and said, Hey, I want to let you know you weren't supposed to get that, but we paid for it. And he's like, Do you want to take it? It's in my body now. And like, yeah, it's like no we just wanted you to know that you weren't supposed to have that God miraculously provided him uh, the ability to walk when he had lost his ability to walk he's like George well, I'm 63 years old and I faced a lot of things I wanted a family when I was young and I didn't have a family he's like I didn't have a family until I was in my 50s and God answered that prayer he's like, but right now I'm facing something like I've never faced before I'm just um, the doctors told me I have cancer and it's lymphoma and they thought they'd be able to get it put me through three, four months of chemo Kind of lymphoma I had was the kind that they were confident they would knock out. And then when they um, went in and looked, they hadn't got all the cancer. So I have a few options. They're going to try to put me in a little bit more chemo and see if they can knock it out. Um, It's not likely. And uh, if they can't do that, they might try to experiment on me. But that's also not likely to actually heal me. And so he's like, Lord, uh, George, I'm asking you to pray for my family. Um, Pray that God would extend my life and do a miracle. Um, Can you do that? I said, yeah, I can pray for you. Um, he, and he asked me specifically. He said, "Would you pray the Hezekiah prayer?" How many of you guys know the Hezekiah prayer? I had read it sometime a long time ago. I was like, I gotta go look this up because I haven't read it in so long. And this is the Hezekiah prayer that he asked. This is the big bold prayer that he asked. In those days, Hezekiah became terminally ill. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, came and, and said to him, "This is what the Lord says: your, set your house in order for you are about to die." You will not recover. Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Please, Lord, remember me. Remember how I have walked before you faithfully and wholeheartedly and have done what pleases you. And then Hezekiah wept bitterly. Just remember me, God. If it's in your will, would you heal me? Would you extend my life? Just remember me. Because Hezekiah knew God had a plan for him and if he were to die, then like, he would be with the Lord. But he's got family, and he's got a job, and he's a king, and he's a ruler, and, and he just wasn't ready to go. But he says, remember me. In verse 4, after Hezekiah is weeping, Isaiah had not yet gone out of the inner courtyard when the word of the Lord came to him. Go back and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people, this is what the Lord God your ans- of, your, of your ancestor David says. I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Look, I will heal you. On the third day from now you will go up to the Lord's temple and I'll add 15 years to your life. <clears throat> My friend asked me to pray for him. Hezekiah's prayer. Would you extend his life? See, he's got little girls. See, he didn't have girls till he was later in life. He said one of them's afraid to leave the room without saying I love you because she's afraid if I were to leave if I were to die, that 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 she would never get a chance to say that again. He's like, and that just moves my heart. But as a, he's a counselor, he's like, you know, the psychologist in me knows that that's an anxiety thing. And I don't want my daughter to have some, like, issues that she's sitting with some other counselor years from now working out because of the fear and the anxiety that my death is causing or my cancer is causing. Would you pray the Hezekiah's prayer? And what I um, want to encourage you as a church with today So pray boldly. If you need healing, to pray boldly. Ask God to heal you. If you need God to extend your life or extend the quality of your life, to extend maybe even like a business that you're in or you thought life was going this way, you thought your job was going this way and now it's going this way. To ask Him to be with you. To extend it. And we... I've seen people who have asked for prayers like my friend Paul Kwan, I remember years ago, got together when Whitewater was really young and we got together some guys to pray with Paul Kwan. He had cancer in his cheeks and his face and he had, and uh, they had identified these masses and so we just got together and prayed with him. and that week he went back to the doctor and they couldn't find any trace of cancer. I've seen miracles happen. I've also seen it where people lose their, their health completely and they, they don't get it back. I've also seen it where people lose their business or their job and they don't get it back. We don't know, but we're supposed to pray with boldness and to trust God with the rest. Amen? And so today, that's my prayer. Would you come and receive prayer? Uh, a few of us are going to be standing here at the front during some of these songs. If you need prayer for healing, if you need prayer for forgiveness, if you need prayer for your life, for freedom, for anything, we want to pray for you today. Don't be afraid. Don't let, don't let like those natural, I don't want to go up there, I don't want to bother people. I don't, don't let that be an excuse. Receive prayer today. Receive prayer and let's be bold and let's expect God to move. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word that teaches us that we can trust you. Thank you that we can believe big in, the, in, in your power, God. Thank you that we can trust you. You're a loving Father. Thank you that you have a plan. Lord, thank you that when we're weak and when we're mistaken and when we mess up, Lord, that you can turn all those things for good. Lord, thank you that, that you your, your your redemption and your hope and your love is new every morning. Help us to trust in that. Lord, if there's people that need prayer today, let them not walk out of here without uh, receiving prayer, without praying to you, without beginning to make a commitment to, to pray them in their lives. Lord, to take time to be with you. Um, God, I, I ask that you would answer prayers in a big way in our church. Would you raise the level of faith? In Jesus' name, amen.